Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better. Start now. Let's go. Hey, you're on air with Ella and I'm your host, Ella, and I am joined today by one of my dearest friends in all the world, Tilly Harris. Hey, Tilly, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Ella. How are you? I am excited because I don't think we've recorded together for at least a year, but honestly, it's probably been more than that. So will you tell listeners a little bit about you and introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. So I'm in London. Um, I'm a researcher and a writer. My background is social anthropology and psychotherapy. I interview women about who they are and what they want and whether change is possible. I'm interested in women living their authentic whole self lives, but I suppose I'm interested in the conditions that make that possible. Uh, I'm writing a book about it and I've got a number of other projects on at the moment, including the next Live Better Retreat. I know. I'm so excited. So Tilly will be joining us at the Live Better Start Now Retreat, September 29th in Miami. More about that later, but I am stoked because Tilly brings a depth and expertise to the table that at our last retreat in Arizona, I mean, it really moved the needle for some people. So I'm so excited and so grateful to you that you're coming, but I'm so excited for the women that get to share that space with you. Like I'm excited. The last, the last one that I ran a workshop at was a game changer for me as well as the people there. I, I, it was a really special experience, Ella, and I'm really excited to be part of that whole kind of reframe, reboot, rethink kind of process that goes on in those, those workshops. It's amazing. Well, if you've ever listened to the show before, you know that we do kind of three things here. Sometimes I do a solo show, but I like to do both interviews and then very organic conversations. Now, Tilly brings a depth of expertise to the table where I could interview her on a number of issues, but that ain't why you're here. So Tilly and I today, we just, we were having a really interesting conversation the other day. And I was like, can you please come back on the air? Can we have this? Can we record this? Because these are topics I want to share with the listeners. So today, today is a chat between me and Tilly. And we invite you to this chat because we're about to talk about some recent shows. We're about to talk about kind of what's going on and what's driving some of the recent themes. And then just kind of a host of other gray areas that came up for us when we were having that conversation. So I know that's a bit oblique, but I just wanted everybody to kind of settle in, pull up a chair, grab a glass of wine metaphorically, and let's have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was the fasting episode. Um, I really want to know what you thought of it, actually, Ella, because I mean, you were such a great facilitator and and you ask all the questions and you open out the space for your listeners in a way that is, is really skilled. But sometimes you're so accommodating that I feel like, oh, but I want to know what you think, Ella. So, so where were you on that fasting episode? Because that was quite a challenging listen for me. Yeah, that was... That was interesting. And by the way, that's the first time I've ever been accused of being accommodating. So thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a complicated episode for me. And I'm just going to put it out there. And I got to be honest with you and, and Tilly, you know this, but I think it's worth sharing that when I have guests on the show, I am very comfortable disagreeing with them. Like I say to that beforehand, I say, listen, if it's okay with you, I'm going to always ask questions from where I think my listeners are. So if you don't mind, I'd like to play devil's advocate with you, even though I know you're a proponent of X, you know, whatever the topic might be. Do you mind being challenged a little bit? And I always ask their permission before the episode. Great. Okay. Put a pin in that. When I wanted to talk about intermittent fasting, particularly for women over 40, so that is to say, generally speaking, in perimenopause or in menopause, there are some real biological benefits that can come with that. Great. But I specifically said, I am not even remotely interested in this topic as a means for fat loss or body hacking. Like that's not on the table here. So can we please talk about hormones and healing? And that was the angle to which I came to that conversation. And personally, if I'm being honest with you, I think I failed because I don't think I kept that train on that track at all, Tilly. I mean, let's be honest. It's difficult because there's this kind of, you know, those secrets that everyone knows. And, and in this space, there's an awful lot of people claiming to talk about health while they're talking about fat loss, you know, and it's dishonest, you know, because it, all that happens is, is that the word health gets used instead of fat loss, but all of the conversation is exactly the same and it has the same impact on people. I'm not into the diet culture stuff, you know, so I try not to have any rules around food. I've, we've all had our own journeys around food. And the place that I've landed really comfortably is that, you know, I try and eat nutrient dense food as often as possible, you know, and I don't have rules. And so the fasting episode was really interesting to me because yes, I think it probably does increase longevity or help balance your hormones or whatever. But it also, for a lot of people, will be quite triggering because, because it's, it essentially still puts you in a place where you either have to do it right or do it wrong, which is a really dangerous place around food for a lot of people. Yeah. And the irony here is people who have listened to the show for some time or anyone who wants to dive backwards, you know, I come from a place of a disordered relationship with food. Like there are lots of shows around that topic. And I will link to a couple of the key shows in the show notes for this episode. So, you know, ironically, I come from a place where food rules actually really messed me up for years. And I found freedom when I let go of anything around deprivation and tried really hard to start listening to myself and listening to what I needed. And frankly, I have to say this, I really still struggle with focusing on nutrient density. Like that is the key in life is to focus on what you are eating instead of what you are not. And when you put a focus on nutrient density, you you find yourself consuming healthy whole foods more than the alternative. And that's focusing on what you want and what you need instead of what you should not do. Anyway, the irony here is that's my background. That's where I came from. And I no longer have uh, any type of disorder, which is incredibly healing and freeing and lovely and wonderful. But I never want to be the reason somebody else goes into a tailspin. And I feel like I didn't put enough guardrails on that conversation. And I want to really own that with everybody. 
for me, it's the evangelical nature of it. You know, I am very suspicious of any school of thought that doesn't make room for complexity or, or difference. You know, there's probably a lot of good in the fasting thing, but it being the only one way that the tone of that conversation worries me because it's fine if you're some kind of robot person where all you're trying to do is make a rational choice about regulating your food intake, right? But you're not. You're also someone that needs to, I don't know, take your kids out for brunch or have a late dinner for work or, you know, whatever those other things are that work for you as well. And and the problem with these kind of like, here's my magic bullet that's going to change your life. Those kind of approaches tend to act as though we are these people in a vacuum that just make rational choices, you know, and of course we're not. So this show today isn't about like the actual details of fasting. I do want to say before we move on, there are instances where intermittent fasting can be extremely helpful. And maybe one day I'll revisit that topic in a different way because it it helps me and my digestion like enormously. So I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Ella, I did a project actually where I interviewed quite a lot of people who had um, brought themselves out of a diabetic state and fasting was one of the most important tools for that. That's going to add several years to your life coming out of a diabetic state. So, so it's not that I'm saying I don't think fasting is a good idea. What I'm saying is the tone of a conversation that just keeps coming back to all you have to do is this thing that I'm telling you to do isn't how I want to live my life. And that is everything. And that's part of the reason Tilly and I wanted to just have this conversation with you guys. And that is when I do shows like that, there are a couple of things that I want to tell you that I'm going to continue to do and a couple of things that I'm going to start doing. So I am going to continue to have people on the air who like, they're holding a hammer, right? Their hammer might be intermittent fasting, or it might be in past years, you know, a vegan diet or in a certain mineral that you might be missing, right? And I will continue to have those people on the air because I invariably learn something from them. But when that is their hammer, everything looks like a nail. So to Tilly's point, when you bring on an expert to talk about a specific tool, so many of them believe that that tool is a one size fits all. And by the way, my favorite thing that people do is they're like, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, but it's a diet. Absolutely. (laughs) But my responsibility to this community is to, and I think think there's a tactical way I'll manage this, is to then share my own thoughts instead of just being accommodating, as you say, to that expert. And of course, being willing to be pushed back, but also wanting to be respectful to them and their work. But I think what a really nice balance is, is to continuing to ask people if it's okay if I play devil's advocate, but come come on at the end and share a little bit about my take. So I'll give you two examples. One is I have an episode coming up. It's already been recorded and it's just sort of in the queue, if you will. And it's by a lovely lady who stopped drinking and it absolutely changed her life. So I will share that episode, but that doesn't mean that every single listener should stop drinking forever like this author did, right? Okay. I have an episode coming up with the inventor of Udo's oil and Udo himself. We have a great conversation, but when I tell you that man does not consume oils at all, he believes cooking and oil is terrible and and you're going to die young if you do it. And by the way, he's 80 and looks like he's 60. So I guess he earned the right to talk about it, but you understand that's his hammer. So to him, everything is a nail. Well, I am going to continue to share those conversations that are somewhat radical and in the extreme, but I think I owe us my own take sort of as a follow-on, even like we're doing with this episode to say, yeah, but here's what I'm taking away from that episode. 
But I think that's what your listeners want, Ella. And that's, you know, because because you've been very open about your own journey and taking your listeners with you. So it's a reflexive space, isn't it? It's not just a, a platform for people to put their stuff out. It's a place where you scrutinize that and unpack it a bit and try it on for size and see how it works. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being willing to just have this conversation with me. I just wanted to share, I wanted to share the nuance of it all with everybody and kind of own what I think my responsibilities are. So I would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts about that episode or these singular focus topics where we bring on experts, I would love to hear from you. And you know, I always love your feedback. Okay. Thanks guys. Hey, I'll keep this quick. Go to onairella.com and check out the events page. I would love for you to take one of the final remaining seats for our September 29th workshop. You still get a discount if you're able to book in July and you get the hotel discount as well. It adds up. It's somewhere around $200 in savings. So onairella.com, go to the events page and check out all of the details. I would love to see you in Miami. All right, back to Tilly. So I've been loving the show lately and I've noticed that you're sort of playing some of your greatest hits, you know, like the Lauren Handel Zander show was just brilliant. I mean, it's such a shot in the arm, that show, isn't it? And and actually there's been quite a lot about the kind of find your purpose, live your purpose stuff. And that is an area that I think about a lot as well, Ella. I remember when we very first met, you told me to read a book called The Campfire. Oh, The Firestarter Sessions. Yes. Sorry. That's what it's called. And why do I think it's called campfire? I don't know, probably because that sounds cozier. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff. I mean, the whole sort of find your purpose thing really lights me up, but it's also quite complicated for me. I don't know about you. Oh, I struggle with this so much in case you haven't noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I personally struggle with clarity around this. I mean, at the end of the day, Tilly, I feel like I am here for a reason. I am here to do something. I am here to create something. And then I have other days where I'm like, I have absolutely no idea who I am. And aren't I supposed to just live putting one foot in front of the other and just try and be my best self every day? Like, what is the answer? Because I have this um, perception, Tilly, maybe it's just me, that like there are people out here who really feel like they have like this singular purpose and they're out here living that every day. And part of me is envious of that clarity a little bit. And then the other part of me is like, are we doing ourselves a disservice to make it feel like we're all supposed to be out here pursuing the thing and we're missing the mark somehow? Ella, I I don't think there are many people out there that absolutely know what their purpose are and are living it every day. I mean, that sort of, I can think about three men that run podcasts on how to be incredibly effective all the time. And I know what my purpose is, right? You know, I, I know how I want to live. I know what my creative output is and and how how I want to feel. You know, I, I'm a writer and I, the more I write, the better I feel, really. that That's my thing. And actually, I have a sense of how I want my life to be. You know, I want to get up. I want to exercise. I want to write. I want to earn. I want to study. I want to collaborate. I want to spend time with my kids and socialize and meet new people and travel and eat well and sleep well. But but Ella, there's 24 hours in a day. And and I also have to spend a big chunk of those scrolling mindlessly on social media, right? <laughs> yeah, it's about balance. <laughs> well, this will never be a business podcast. It it that is not my goal. That's not what I want. But it is a live better in every area of your life podcast. And typically for women over 35, you know what I mean? Like the age isn't really the thing, but it's like the season of our life where we want to talk about dialing it up at home or in our own mind or in our own body or at work or in relationships. And so there's something about this phase of life, right? And I hate all the ways we label this phase of life, (laughs) 
midlife term. Like that makes me insane. I don't like it. We need a rebrand. But there's something about this season of life where you actually are starting to ask yourself, what do I want? Like I did not ask myself in my 20s, what do I want? I was hustling. I was trying to survive. I was trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to deal with not great relationships. I don't know about you, but in my 20s, I did not have time to sit on a mountain and be like, what do I want more of? Yes. So so you and I, we're so often the same, but different. And for me, I have only recently um, got to the point where I'm really thinking, you know, how how do I want to live? Because because I spent a lot of my life living how other people wanted me to live. My my go-to was what do they want and how do I give it to them? I was so busy sort of accommodating that it didn't really occur to me that I only had one life and that I was nearly half the way through it and I ought to work out what I wanted to do with it really. So you yeah, we're the same but different on that really. I think you really nailed it when you said, I know how I want to feel. And there's just something that the journey of this podcast and just as a human person, what I've realized for me is that a huge part of our journey right now begins with two questions. And that is, what do I want more of? And the inverse of that is, what do I want less of? Right. And how do I want to feel? And the inverse of that, of course, being how do I not want to feel? If we just focus on those essentially four questions, that is where I am. That's the space that I'm operating in. That is literally why I'm holding this retreat in September, in late September, is because I think that there's so much power in sitting with those questions a little bit each day or each week or when you can carve out that space and dial it in and dial it in. And every time we iterate, we're getting closer and closer to like who we want to be. So my personal belief is that we are all here to create share, inspire, and or lead even with our gifts that are unique to us. And I don't know how we dial into that if we can't take a moment to ask those questions. Whether you know your purpose or not know your purpose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you activate it, right? For me, I keep my purpose like dessert, you know, like if I can just, you know, eat everything else first, then I'll be allowed my delicious purpose. You know, if I can just do all my domestic chores and all of my business work and pay attention to my children and do all of those things, then the time left at the end is the time that I'll be writing my book. And of course, that often doesn't happen, it, you know, because you're, you're giving yourself the kind of dog ends of your day or the dog ends of your week or the dog ends of your life. And you're putting the most important thing to the back of the queue. We're both talking about a certain type of procrastination, right? But we have different means of getting there. So mine is, I can't do it until I know what to do and I have total clarity. Like that's the, th that's the wall I keep running into. And yours is more like, I can't do it until I have cleared everything else out for everybody else. And then I can focus on me. Yeah, exactly. And neither of those rationalizations are true or, or actually helpful, right? Because they're a function of your unconscious fear of doing it. So, you know, the fear that it will be hard or the fear that it will be boring or the fear that you'll fail or whatever it is, you and I are both talking about avoidance and avoidance is, is generally to avoid something painful, you know? Oh, see, now, now you're revving my motor because <laughs> this is everything that I want this conversation to be, meaning, meaning this podcast, meaning this community. I don't mean just this hour that we're together now. And that is that this is all the gray stuff, all of the nuance that nobody talks about very well, in my opinion, which is, yes, we're all here to do something. Yes, we all have our gifts. Yes, we all just need to show up for ourselves every day. And yet, and yet... 
every single day, it takes a certain something to make the right choices or to set a certain intention and then take action and to actually choose ourselves and choose to invest in ourselves that day. And that's not every day to your point. So for the four people who are along this conversation with us, (laughs) I love speaking to that space where we are, where we're like, I want to do this. I could find the time to do it if I really, really meant it. And why am I not doing it? It's because you're you're a complex person with 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 an unconscious Ella. You know, the problem with a lot of the conversations in this space is well, it's back to my earlier point about these robot people that are highly rational where you just, you know, have to find out what you need to do and then do it. And of course, if it was that simple, we'd all be doing it right. But the truth is we all have, you know, a much more shadowy, darker internal world that that drives us to lean into some things and avoid others. And and actually, if we don't explore that, we end up misnaming it, misunderstanding it, and and not getting any further. You know, that's when we start to say like, oh, I could do all these things if I just wasn't so lazy. And it's like laziness is not helpful. I mean, let's face it, Ella, right? You run triathlons for fun, like which blows my mind. But you're not lazy, like that. That's not not something a lazy person does. And actually calling it laziness just adds another layer of shame over the top of, of, of an already really complicated situation. And shame, shame shuts you down, you know? So sh- shame is, is, is all shame does is take you further away from the goals. Because I mean, if you think about how a person is in shame, it is a closing down of your face, of your body, of a leaning out instead of a leaning in. And actually this is very psychotherapeutic, but I would say often we don't realize it, but we're employing shame in order to step back from the things that frighten us. So beating yourself up for not doing it is actually not going to drive you forward. It will take you further back. I am sitting with that thought for just a minute. The shame, say that, say that again. The shame is actually serving a purpose for us because it's creating distance between where we are and what we want. Yeah. So there's a massive, massive conversation open around shame at the moment. It's mostly the work of Brene Brown, who is absolutely exceptional. But I think shame is really interesting from a Freudian perspective as well, because we often do things because we're getting some sort of payoff. And of course, a lot of us feel shame because of the way we were raised or our culture or our school or whatever. But also we employ that shame, that nasty voice that tells us that we're not doing well enough a lot. And we have to think, okay, well, what's the payoff? Why, why so much shame? And I think, I think, I think a lot of theorists would probably argue that the shame allows you to close down and step out, which means that you don't have to do the thing. And then you don't have to face the fear of failure or the fear of success, which a lot of us have too. Yeah. And if somebody is struggling with identifying with the word shame, then I would sub it out for self-criticism and self-flagellation, and which is just a lighter version, meaning you might not realize the extent to which you are shaming yourself when you fail to do the thing. And Tilly, what you just said is so powerful to me because I talk to so many women in this space and when they aren't able to fully pull the trigger on something or when they're holding back from their from that expression of their gifts, it converts to self-criticism really, really quickly. And then that self-criticism turns into shame and then you become the person who isn't doing the thing. And that's a really crappy place to be. Whatever your thing is, whether you want to be creating something or sharing something or taking care of your body in a different way, whatever that thing is, when you become the person who isn't doing it, that is an extremely uncomfortable, like kind of low place to be. 
Yes, absolutely. And up for years and years and years, I genuinely thought that I had to talk to myself like that. Otherwise, I would never achieve anything because I needed driving by that sort of, you know, that that sense that if I let myself off the hook, then I would underachieve. And it's it's taken years and years of study and self-exploration for me to realize that I and everyone else, that nothing good is over there for us. Like shame doesn't do anything but shut you down and hold you out of your life. And if you do want that richness, if you don't want to get to the end of your life before you realize what it was you should be doing, then one of the first steps towards it is very much about being generous to yourself about where you are and creating a good creative space for yourself to be in, rather than telling yourself off for not doing what you think you should be doing. Well, as we know, if self-criticism and shame were an effective strategy, I think we would all know by now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love these conversations so much. But also the reason I'm so passionate about this, Tilly, is because this is what I want this community to be. And I've, I've touched on this already, but in short, this show is for primarily women who are in this space. And we want to just keep asking ourselves, what do we want more of and how do we want to feel? And to kind of tie a bow around the past two topics that we were just touching on, I wake up every day with like this burning, what do I want to do next thing? I think that might be genetic. (laughs) I'm not not putting that label on everybody else. Ella, it's one of the things we all love about you. It can be a bit maddening, right? And so that's hence this conversation and hence like all the shades of gray and the nuance. But I had a really big epiphany when I was with you in March, actually, we were in England and we were just chatting through some things and I was having this, but what do I want to do next, Tilly? You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I feel scared, held back. And you and I just had this big epiphany. And that was, it is so much harder to create what matters to you than things that don't feel like they come from your actual heart and soul. Now that might sound like a big fat duh. Okay. But let me give you an example so that maybe you can relate to this a little bit. It is very easy. You know, I have a I have a consulting business. I operate in career mode, business mode, big corp mode, a lot of hours in a lot of days, right? And it is extremely easy for me to operate in business mode. It's extremely easy for me to take criticism or to get feedback about something or to deal with hard and challenging setbacks or situations because it's not my heart. Like it's not my actual soul being filleted. It's like me doing my job and doing it well. And that's important to me, but it's not me, like this, this authentic self that we talk about. But when it comes to creating something closer to my quote purpose, which is really for me, like things that come from, I don't know, things that like really light you up and like get you almost vibrating with excitement. It is so much harder to take risks in that arena because the stakes are so high. Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? Really, that it's harder because it matters so much more. Because when when the stuff that's really close to our hearts, like um, our creative work and, and, you know, our expressions of who we are and what we believe in, um, that's the vulnerable stuff because that's us bringing our whole selves to the table, not, not, not just the professional bit or the this bit or the that bit, you know, and putting that stuff out there triggers huge fears about being rejected or disliked or sent away. And, and those fears trigger avoidance. So yeah, it's much easier to do anything from the laundry through to commercial work than your creative heart and soul. But, but that's the point really. And that's why we sort of have to feel that feeling and push on through. 
and it triggers avoidance. It triggers avoidance. It triggers avoidance because your heart's in it. In my own personal example, when I was with Tilly, like I said, in March, I was like, look, it's really, really important to me that I start doing two events a year. We'll be halfway through this year soon enough. So it's only going to be one retreat this year and then maybe some meetups in a couple of different cities. But Tilly said to me, you know, if somebody were paying you to do this, in other words, through my business, through my other business, you'd have this done, like you'd have this completely sorted and done and organized in a matter of weeks. So why, like, why the hesitation? Why the fear? Why the avoidance? And I was like, oh, because it matters to me personally, because my heart's in it, because I love it. And it's an expression of who you are. You're putting your fragile self out into the world. And all of us find that hard. You know, we're all babies when it comes to that stuff. So for you listening, thank you for sitting in on this conversation with us. What are you being avoidant of? Because it matters to you that much. That's my challenge for you. Email, comment on this episode, uh, leave a review with five stars and put it there. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Do lots (laughs) of that for (laughs) Ella. DMs are great. You know, you got, do you guys know in Instagram, which I absolutely love to hate, um, I answer every single one of my DMs. So you can always talk to me there or email me. If you get those, I'd love to have a look at those because I've really enjoyed this conversation. If there's something in your heart that you know you should be doing or doing more of, then we invite you to think about that and think about what is standing in your way. So tell us what you want more of, tell us what's in your way. And hey, you could always join us in Miami. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I can't wait. Oh, and actually this might be useful to your listeners, Ella. You probably know the Elizabeth Gilbert stuff. Um, She she wrote that hugely famous book, Eat, Eat, Pray, Pray, Love. Love. Yeah, but she also has done some really lovely work around creativity. Uh, She's got a book called Big Magic. She makes a really good argument there for, it's almost like creative ideas are love affairs and that if we don't nurture them, they sort of go off and find someone else, you know. Um, And yeah, it's a really, really helpful book, that book. And now she does a podcast as well where she talks to various artists. I just listened to one the other day with with a poet who was quite blocked um, and, and scared of putting her work out there and she kind of coached her through it. So there's some really good stuff on that podcast in terms of getting yourself moving from wanting to be someone that does something to being someone that does your thing. I had no idea that she created a podcast from that book. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. It's really great. Okay. I'll share both of those. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Tilly, before I let you go, I want to ask you, what is one thing you're loving right now or that's working for you, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, you you um, put that episode out again with James Clear in that brilliant book, Atomic Habits. That really got me thinking about habit stacking. You know how he talks about how absolutely if you have one existing habit and layer another habit on top of it, that's more likely to stick than if you try and do something that's completely out of your routine. And I already have been swimming every morning for a while. Um, and I was quite pleased with myself about that, but not doing weights. And um, so I've just been I've just been nipping upstairs to the weights room and just doing a tiny amount of weights, like 10, 15 minutes of, of you know, quite light reps um, and just stacking that on top of my swimming. And it's worked beautifully. And I've, I've, I just it, it was just one little hack that really worked for me that I got off your podcast. Habit stacking was the only way that I ever started journaling again, which, by the way, 
I'm not doing right now, but habit stacking for me was I have a habit of drinking a pot of coffee in the morning <laughs> and I would own, I would have my journal next to the coffee maker and that's where I would do my five minutes of journaling. Habit stacking works. I love that. So you take the thing you're trying to add to your day and you attach it to the thing you're already doing. That's brilliant. Are, do you have any, are you doing that anywhere else in your life? Yes, but I'm going to have to project into the future a bit for it because I'm thinking this is really working now. So if I nudged the swimming just back a bit and went at maybe half six instead of seven, I could then swim, stack on top that little bit of weights. And then instead of getting a takeaway coffee on the way home, I could take my laptop and I could write while I have that coffee. And I, I could just make sure that I'd, I'd got my writing time in every day as well. That's, that's okay. my thinking of that. So we're stacking movement. We're still finding time for coffee and we're adding writing to that. <laughs> Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. And then I will be perfect and whole and I will never have to achieve another thing, obviously. You know what you should try? Intermittent fasting. <laughs> Dilly, I can't wait to see you in September. I am I am so excited for this small group of women that we're getting together. I am also so excited to share this space with you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Your time is precious. And I'm so grateful that you spent some of it with us. Love you. Tilly, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and I'll see you soon. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or get the show notes and links at onairella.com. There's no with. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.